Welcome into Texans All Access. It's a Tuesday evening from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. Joining me today, Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, my good friends. I'm in the driver's seat. Mark, is this okay for you? This is okay. Let's I can ride shotgun. Over there. No, this this is like no, this is like Fuddruckers, seven o'clock on Tuesday during the regular season, and I don't have a milkshake tonight. That's right. It's just a little earlier. No one to bully get over your yeah, nobody get your uh, your sugar fix coming in. No so. sugar, no burger, no fries. I'm upset. We will be back at Fuddruckers this offseason, though, for a few shows. Sometimes we, we will. go back, uh-huh. we which will. is fun. We've got one with Whitney on the uh, tentative schedule in April. Awesome. And by tentative, I mean it's not scheduled, but we are efforting for April. That's it. Yeah. There was a show that Whitney was supposed to do with us during the season. Yeah, and it something didn't work happened. Out. The, at the end of the year, some of those with the short weeks, players are not yeah. available. So uh, we're going to make up for that. I know there were some fans that sort of followed Whitney around because they thought he was going to be at Stafford, and mm-hmm. then he was – so I think if you're out there, you want some some the chance time. comes again in April. Yeah, we You'll like keeping the chance. fans guessing at Fuddruckers. <laughs> uh, which one are we at tonight? Well, just drive around and find us. Yeah, it, it's not too hard. There's just a three location rotation. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Well, it is the off season, but we did have a little bit of news drop today. The Texans dropped slash released Demarius Thomas after he played seven games this last season. That trade with Denver on October 30th. It sure was great for the Texans. He racked up 275 yards on 23 catches, scored two touchdowns, but then tore his Achilles in week 16. So, Demarius Thomas, I'm not sure if this is the end for him as far as the Texans are concerned. I don't know what you guys think about it, but I know that for now it is. For now it is. I hope he is back, though. And was the trade great? I don't think it was a great trade the way it worked out for the Texans, obviously, but I think it was a great idea. And in the short term, it did help them, but the term wasn't long enough. And it just didn't work out the way they wanted it to because, to me, if Demarius Thomas is healthy for that playoff game, I'm not saying they win the game, but I sure would have loved to have that option because Hopkins was hurt and you had no Will Fuller, obviously, for a long time. And Kiki QT came back. That was great. But maybe Thomas gets a lot more looks. Obviously, he would get some looks if he's available and he was unavailable. Yeah, complexion of the team definitely looks different uh, with him there because you, you would also have him for that final game of the season, which you win. But mm. such a sad, sad way to see it happen and see it end up in Philadelphia the way it did. Yep. Just not even really – and we saw this with Arian Foster when he his win – uh, went awry with it when his Achilles uh, injury injury happened. But I love the idea. Like I'm I'm with you. I loved when they they pulled the trigger and made this happen because, man, it really gave you a potency. It mm. really gave you a new dimension to your offense. And I thought it was, I thought it was really going to work out. Now, it didn't ultimately because he got hurt. But it's like DP said at the, the top. There's a chance you maybe could see him back. I don't think it would be anytime soon, mm. but I do think because of the the good relationship he had here, I think the time he had here, I, I could see him being a Texan again down the line at some point. A lot of it depends on recovery from the injury. Yeah. It's an Achilles injury. That's big stuff. And, look, he's made it back from injury before sure. and became extremely durable. And, and that's what you looked at when they made the deal. You look at 16, 16, how many games per season played when you look at his career stat sheet resume, and it was all very productive and very durable until, obviously, the yeah. injury at Philadelphia. So it didn't help out the Texans the way they wanted, but I totally get why they did it. I think that when you're evaluating or grading a trade like that, you say, well, 
If it didn't work out because the guy didn't play well, that's one thing. If it didn't work out because the guy gets hurt and he's not an injury risk really historically, that's another thing, and it was just bad luck for the Houston Texans. He had had an Achilles injury in the past, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it had only taken him six months to come back from it. Now, he is older. He's had some more years under his belt. But sure. I think that all things being equal, if he had stayed healthy, they really liked what he brought to the locker room. They seemed to, to really focus a lot on – how a guy interacts and what the chemistry's like yep. and you add a guy to, you know in, in in the mix of players. I remember interviewing him here during the season and it was after his two touchdown game against the Titans. And I w- I asked him about DeAndre Hopkins cuz Hopkins had said that he used to watch Demarius run routes. Like yeah. he used to learn mm-hmm. from it and he told me that when he got here Hopkins had said, "Yeah, there's one route that you run that now I run. I would watch you do it and now I've incorporated it." Oh, that's beautiful. And that I mean, makes me sad, actually. I know, but I think that, that makes me sad when you say it like that. He mm. was. Everyone liked him. I know when when Denver traded him, they were very sad up there. And that first game back, when we went back to Denver, that week sign up, yeah. on the stadium. Yeah, I mean they they were really sad to have lost him. Incredible but, tribute. That first drive of that game was monumental with Demarius that, Thomas. That, Talk about sparking joy. Oh, yeah. We'll get into Marie Kondo in a little bit. With, uh, you yes. guys bring up joy, the, yeah, yeah. the off-field stuff with him. I mean, he was – our counterparts in Denver were crestfallen that day. I mean, I know yeah. I did an interview with somebody, and you did as well with somebody right. else, and they were all just so bummed because they loved the guy, who he was in the building. But then when he got here, I heard a lot of different folks, player-wise, coach-wise, personnel-wise, just talk about his impact, what he did in the meeting rooms, and how – important he was just kind of adding to what the coaches were trying to explain and and you know kind of elucidating on concepts and all that stuff he was a really good uh influence when he got here and what what he was able to do it was kind of fun because you got to remember it's a, it's a young room in sections you've got vincent smith you've got steven mitchell you've got kiki qt you had deandre carter they're, they're young players some of them yep. rookies and he was able to impart a lot of wisdom on them you want to hear sudden, another quick story about him yeah he said that um Earlier on in the season when the Texans were 0-3, Deshaun Watson and him used to text back and forth. They had met each other before he ever came here mm-hmm. because he was a fan of Clemson, and they're both from Georgia. Yeah. So he, he uh, Deshaun would text him, and he, he would just tell him, like, hang in there, things will turn around. You know, you, and they you gotta, did. And they yeah. did. And how did he – he had no idea that he would be a part of it as the season went on, but I thought that was really cool that he had that relationship before he got here. In all honesty, I found it hard to – fathom that he would really be part of things especially in the early going next year even if he was still on the roster so this is not a surprise right and i think they need not only insurance they need productivity at wide receiver obviously it's going to be there if fuller and qt are healthy for the whole season but i'm thinking that they're not going to go with what we know about right now there's going to be another player or two added to the mix a chance to either make the team or a surefire guy going to make the team type player either through free agency or the draft I don't know how they do it but I think they're going to find another when I say another Demarius Thomas I don't necessarily mean veteran like that with all that experience but a guy to fill that role a guy they feel they can count on whether he's younger or older who can be added to the mix with Fuller and QT and Hopkins, and they'll just see how it plays out. All right. Speaking of healthy, one guy that is healthy, this is going to get into our next hot read, J.J. Watt. He's going to be healthy for the first offseason since 2016. He was on a podcast this week, said he had a minor cleanup of his knee, but he's expected to be full go for OTAs. That's great news for J.J., who put up 16 sacks in a season where he said he wasn't even sure what he was going to look like on the field. But now he said he's excited that when he does play, 
he's going to be able to get back out on the field with confidence because he knows exactly where he's at. Never mind all that. Watt helped me today already as a human being. He helped you as a yes, human being. Yes, he did. He did. Because on the podcast, he talks about diets and all these crazy diets and how they're so hard to <laughs> stick right. to. That's right. That's right. And he said, at some point, you're going to be in a situation where you just can't eat the keto diet, or is that how you pronounce it? Or the paleo sure. diet, or whatever. Whatever diet. The he Scarsdale was diet, the grapefruit <laughs> diet. I don't know what diet he's talking about, but all these crazy diets, you're not going to be able to stick to it because you're going to be at a buffet somewhere, or you're going to be a media person, right? And you're going to be presented with media food. He said, the important thing is to make good, sound, lifestyle-type decisions. He said, have an apple instead of the chips. Why not try that? Now, he... Makes it very simple, and I thought, you know what? He's absolutely right. I've been opting for the chips over the apple, that kind of decision. I could have told you Or that the brownie right. sundae. No, but the way Watts says it, DB, when you like, say I'm it, it doesn't. I'm pretty sure I've said that to you, too. I think what he also said that really struck me was that if he knows he's going out of town, he tries to stick to the diet as much as he can because he was in New York recently. Right. He did a bunch of shows. He said, oh, I knew it because I think he was supposed to stay away from dairy and gluten. For whatever reason, after his little, That's tough, and he was like, man. "I'm a guy from Wisconsin. Like, how am I going to stay away from dairy?" So he did it for the most part. Went to New York. He said, "I, I knew I can't stick to it there." Came back, got right back on it again. So yeah, so he forgives you, himself when he takes these trips. Right, you could cheat like. a little bit on the trip when you know you're not presented with the same things. It's too much pressure to stick to the diet. But back to the getting a just prep for a season without having to worry about well oh, we're talking football again okay <laughs> <That's>, sorry <laughs> but you know it was it was he's relevant gonna, it he's was gonna relevant. do this this is gonna be fun because this is the remember how aggressive he was every i mean he's still probably is gonna be aggressive but he's you saw him flipping tires and doing the box jumps and stuff i don't know that we're gonna see as much of that this time around as we have in the past i want to see but, him flipping hyundai tires okay not the see, big ones no, anymore i don't see any more flipping tires i think whatever he's doing yeah. is working no caterpillar for him. tractor tires just about- play with those cute little puppies and you know yeah. let's just not lift anything too heavy <laughs> i'm such a mom uh, you know just 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 chill for the off season he's got to do something he but- will do something but mm-hmm. i you know, there's no need to post instagram videos of like all that stuff because i think after the the first injury he said that that was definitely something he, he realized he's going to scale it back. He doesn't need to be doing all that. Well, he's going to have the charity softball game for the first time in two years this year, right? That's and right. And the last time he had it, he was also coming back from injury, right? And every time he swung that bat. I was freaking I was out. nervous for like, him. Uh, no, 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 no. He was in that he home run great. derby with yeah. Leckler. I'm like, you yeah. don't need to win this home run derby. You need to be available to sack quarterbacks. <laughs> he didn't get hurt of that thing, obviously. But when you see him swing the bat after not seeing him play much football the previous year, you're a little worried about those things. Yeah, and it'll be fun to see him out there again this year. All right. This next hot read I think Mark will enjoy. The NFL scouting combine is going to make its way to network television. ESPN reportedly will announce a deal to put two hours of the combine on ABC. So ABC is going to air the draft coverage like live. Or... They're going to do um, they're supposedly quarterback and wide receiver oh, okay. workouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, they're the missing the point here. I don't. I, I haven't read. The, say. I haven't read the whole story, but my idea of the forties prime time. And, Primetime 40s. That's what you want to watch, even more than the QBs throwing. The QBs throwing is okay as off-season entertainment goes, but I got to see the 40s. That's the most relevant thing. However, 
maybe Usain Bolt just ruined it for everybody because you saw what he did during Super Bowl week, right? Yeah, he's, he's the best ever. He smashed. <laughs> no, but it's a big deal. He shows yeah, up whatever. at the NFL experience, yeah. like the, the gimmicky, like, oh, test your 40 time here in the sure. convention center, and he breaks the combine record just like in his socks or something like that. That was unbelievable. That video was great. That's like the least surprising thing of all time. That was more dude. exciting than the Super Bowl. He stopped and like looked back at his competitors <laughs> in the 100-meter dash in the Olympics. I know. He can go and run a freaking but 40, see, no here, problem. But okay? it, it's shooting down my idea of broadcasting the combine 40s, so I'm really kind of killing myself here because Bolt, yeah, he is the greatest, and these NFL athletes are among the greatest athletes right. on earth, but you see how magnificent Bolt is that he could just shatter a record like that without ever even stretching. Well, I think instead of comparing athletes to him, I like it when they superimpose other fast yes. athletes in the mm-hmm. same position. Oh, I love group it. Like Clowney versus Watt versus, you know, they have three guys. <laughs> Johnny Manziel yeah. and Clowney on top of one <laughs> another. How revolutionary that was. In that was amazing. When we were going through that. Yeah. that was I amazing. still like it. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We come back. Some free agent news. Some around-the-league news, and I want to see what free agents you all are interested in. There's a story that came out today. I'm going to get your takes on it. That's all coming up later. John Harris. I like rapid reaction John Harris. I'm going to get his reaction on some quarterbacks in this draft, as well as his Harris Top 100. That's all coming up on Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Texans All Access. Joining me once again, Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty. I'm D.P. Sidhu, and uh, we were talking free agents because it's that time of year again. And Mark and I discussed Netflix shows. I, mm-hmm. I was, I'm sure you guys have not seen this. Maybe you have. Uh, the Art of Tidying Up, or it's something about tidying up. with Tidying up? Like straightening up a room? Yeah, it's like it's Japanese decluttering. It was a famous like book a few years ago, so now there's a Netflix series on how to declutter. I think Wait. it's very inspirational. <laughs> I... I <laughs> really? I was very motivated to declutter my house. So you said, wait, in the first segment you said men would understand this. Yes, would because, know wives, this. because wives, oh, wives, wives are watching. Are de- wives are it's kind of like how The Bachelor and The Bachelorette caught on. The women were watching, then the men jumped down. All of a sudden the NFL players are watching and they're live tweeting and it's a phenomenon, right? Players are live tweeting The Bachelor? Oh, they're going nuts over I the usually watch. I watch it later because it's two hours long and there's a lot of commercials, so I wait till the whole thing's over and then I oh, watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't sit through all those Is it live, by the way? Some of it's live, right? Uh, the the finale is live. and the They don't go live with those hot tub scenes. Sometimes they go live, but not, the, no, no, mm-hmm. not those. But anyway, all right, so what about the- Marie Kondo. So, so the premise of it is, and I know Drew's joked about it, without even watching a single episode. True. Mm-hmm. But what you do is when you're decluttering your house or your closet – she says to empty out your your closet, all your clothes, in a pile on the floor so you can see how much junk you own. Right. You pick up each item of clothing, and you see if it sparks joy. Oh, if it brings you joy, if it brings keep you joy, it. You if keep it, it doesn't, get rid of no. it. No, 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 no. Oh. If it doesn't bring you joy, you thank it for its service, and then you get rid of it. But you oh, get so rid of it's it. It's like you're saying goodbye to it. This is very spiritual. It is very spiritual. I can't get spiritual about my closet, but go on. But I think that this helps with separation anxiety oh, so that people have with old So stuff. this helps with free agents in the NFL. You're saying that some of them, you see the name and it brings you joy. Others, maybe not. Maybe players that are on the free agent list, like the mm. Texans have a couple that, that are due to be free agents. You All look our at them guys and you think, bring me joy. Exactly. So you want to keep them on your roster. Oh, I see. But if maybe they've served their time. Like Demarius Thomas. He sparked you joy at one time. He did mm-hmm. did his part. You're ready to move. That's on. like torn clothing or something. <laughs> That's clothing in need of With repair. The torn, <laughs> torn yes. yes, no, no, it's mm-hmm. sort of, but not really. I see. Um, uh, anyway, the, the Demarius Thomas news made me think of that. As did Antonio Brown, who tweeted, "Goodbye 
to the Steeler Nation. He said, thank you, Steeler Nation, for a big nine years. Time to move on and forward. Hashtag new demands. However, he should have also put hashtag still uh, under contract because he's not quite. Yeah, exactly. Agent, but he's saying goodbye, so I don't know if that. Did you guys see the, the tweet with the photo of all the Antonio Brown jerseys at some store in like seventy percent off? Seventy percent off. Yeah, they're they moved on to persona non grata, and he's a tremendous receiver, obviously. But he was I, sparked away for somebody else. I just think it's sure. going to be a problem for somebody else, and Le'Veon Bell too. It's interesting how you have these two Steelers. Maybe look, maybe they're not the problem. Maybe. It's Big Ben. I don't know. Pittsburgh. JJ said on what talk show? Boy, we're yeah. quoting JJ again. It's, it's like, like the Kardashians. It's like watching the Kardashians, and I can call up a Kardashian and find out what's going on because his brother plays on the team. Yes, I really, I really would love to be a fly on that wall <laughs> of that conversation. Can you imagine monitoring what TJ is telling <laughs> JJ about? They had that. J- the, the James Harrison stuff a year ago. That was a huge brouhaha oh, yeah. as well, and yeah. TJ was kind of a, you know centered around that as well because he plays the same position, was in the same meeting room. It's, it's how wild is that? It's, it's been a little dicey there. in Pittsburgh. Look, they're a really talented team. Missed the playoffs, obviously. And you have a, a unique situation here where a lot of the fans want to see a change at the head coaching spot. He's won a ton of games. They've had so much success, but not lately. Not lately. Not enough. They lost to Jacksonville in the 2017 season playoffs. But they could have nearly made the playoffs. It was just the way the season went for them. It was just it was just crazy. Turned on a turns. dime. It did. It absolutely did. All right, so... I don't know where Antonio Brown ends up if no he gets joy. up with the Steelers. By the way, it's funny I'm when worried. you see these free agent yeah. lists, these rankings, you know, Clowney number one and, or number two. Like he's top three on everybody's available everybody's. free agent list. Now, he's not officially available yet. They could re-sign him here before he hits the market. They could franchise him. There are a whole lot of things that could happen with Clowney, and we're all eager to see what's going to go down. Yes, we are. Yeah, Matt Lombardo, he's a Giants and NFL beat reporter. He put out this list of the top 50 free agents and where he thinks they might end up. And I, I, what I really liked is that all of the Texans' free agents, one of the top choices he put was that they'd probably end up re-signing with yeah, Houston. With, you're right, with Clowney as uh, the first choice. Very first choice. First Houston, possibility is the Houston Texans. Or franchising him, which which is what you mentioned. Ooh, Tyron the, Matthew, Kareem Jackson. He's got, he's those got are the all, three that made the list. Those right? are the yeah. three that made the list 50, yeah. mm-hmm. out of the Texans. He did have an additional one, um, a cornerback from Philly, Ronald Darby. We yeah. said could possibly sign here. Yeah, come on. Okay. Young, young guy, though, 25. But I wanted so. to get your guys' takes. Are there any free agents on this list that might spark you joy if they return? It's funny because, yeah, you look at a Ronald Darby. I'm curious. Brian Gain and Bill O'Brien, look, they're not afraid to sign free agents. They have a ton of cap room, but they want to pay their own guys that they want to keep. That's the first priority. Then when you look at guys on the open market, sometimes the name can look a lot more appealing than the way they're actually going to end up playing for you. But Ronald Darby is an attractive player. There's no doubt about that. He would make a lot of teams happy. Golden Tate was one I heard the guys on Sports Radio 610 talking about today. I know he wouldn't come cheap, and he's 30 years old. Who knows? And do you really is that a priority or a luxury? I think you could debate that, but they have other priorities ahead of that. Then you look at some offensive linemen that are out there that might be interesting. It's just it's a very it's a very brand name recognition kind of thing too. Sometimes the name doesn't necessarily mean he's still that guy. You know, Ed Reed, anybody? Oof. Amon Green, anybody? Four-time Pro Bowler, Amon Green comes here. Well, that's why and I doesn't mean, play as well as you would like. And I, Ed Reed goes to the Hall of Fame, but not based on the work he did here in Houston. No, everyone likes to. Everyone else, I should say, likes to sort of forget that season never happened. I think a lot of people in Houston as well, but. As far as the offensive linemen, John Harris and I were doing Cooler Talk last 
Friday, and he went straight through the list. A couple of guys that we had discussed on that also made this list, and I find them intriguing even though they don't have the Texans taking them. One of them is Donovan Smith. Mm-hmm. A tackle who's 25. He was at Penn State the same time Philip Bryan was at. Penn so State. he knows him. So he's a starter yeah. in 2012, and he's kind of been linked as a possibility of coming here just because of that. Because, because of, that of the need that the Texans have on the O line and improving. Yeah, that I, could that I know make a little I, bit of sense. This is not breaking news. They'd rather build it through the draft. Sure, but. You but the also more, the more you can add, the better. The too, more right? you can add, the better. And sometimes you, you throw a lot of different possibilities at the problem because, or at the issue, whatever it, however you want to interpret it, because you don't know what's going to work out. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You want to have multiple possibilities. Look at what happened in the opening game last year, where you have Chantrell Henderson. Oh my gosh, he's ready to play. He's going to contribute. He's ready to turn everything around. Oh, he gets hurt in the first half of the first game of the season. And they still drafted a tackle, even though they signed him. Just like with the safety position, yeah. they signed Tyron Matthew, but they still drafted Justin. So I yeah. can see them doing both just to hedge their bets. That, and that worked out very well at safety. Right. And then Kareem jammed in there as well, and safety and turned out to Howell be came back. Yeah, a, a position of strength. And corner, they had a lot of corner possibilities, but they went through the whole list, really. Yeah. And there you are at Philadelphia with three corners hurt trying to get out of that game, and you couldn't do it. I got a joyful pick, though. What's a joyful pick? Which okay. one sparks joy for you? I mean, it genuinely sparks a lot of joy when I see this guy's name. Okay. Now, it's not going to happen. He's not coming here. The Texans don't really need him. I think they're going to. Nick Foles. Resign. No. I think they're going to resign Brandon Whedon as a oh, backup quarterback. Oh, I know where this is going. But the name that sparks joy <laughs> is the funniest Houston Texan of all time. Yep. Sean Cody. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. Ooh. Funnier, With the chains funnier, and the beard. funnier than my guy, Sean Cody, who's he's, very he's funny. Pr- he's pretty funny. I'll tell you what. It, it, I don't know what the history is and how they feel about each other and what the personal relationships are. Although, uh, I think he had a great Fitzy relationship. did the opening ceremonies of the Bel Air Little League, didn't he? And he did. He was very was entrenched right in the community cut. in a ver- relatively short time. <laughs> he's beloved at his, where his children went to school, too. Oh, all yeah. All the people there loved him. Yeah. yeah. Well,. You could do worse at backup yeah. if you didn't have Wheaton. You wanted him last year before Tampa Bay re-signed him. If you were I to sign him, him mm-hmm. you don't ever want to see him take the field. But, but he's a he, nice guy to sign. I think you could did, run. If he did take the field, you because know that he you could And I say down. that because you, you want Deshaun Watson, clearly. Yeah. Of I'm, not, I'm not knocking but Fitzpatrick. I think, I think Fitzy's got a heck of a market as a backup sure. quarterback. He sure does. Because yeah. you, know, you could win with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, you have to go two, three games without your starter. Yeah, give me Fitzy. So we'll see how that goes wherever he ends up. Because he's funny. Yeah. yeah, he is funny. Good He's got beard. a great beard, mm-hmm. and he does great press conferences as well. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, so much. I'm going to bring in John Harris. We're going to go through the top 100, the Harris 100. We're talking about quarterbacks that are young, unlike Fitzy, and uh, we'll get Johnny's takes on all that. That's all coming up. One final segment of Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Texans All Access. One final segment. Joining me now, my good friend, John Harris. Johnny, how are you doing? Well, DB, I'm I'm doing better. I've reached that time of year where I have put my first Harris 100 to bed, and that's a task. That is really a task. Now the now the hard part falls on our good friend Adav Leibowitz. She's got the hard part in all this because she's she's got to take all my ramblings and try and put it into a nice, neat form that users can then like click drop down boxes and find what they want to find, but. Uh, there's a lot of time that went into Harris 100. I'm pretty excited because, you know, draft is, that's, I don't know, it's kind of my thing. And I love it, and I just love when I can just be able to say, yep, I'm done with this at least first iteration. It's like my senior design project in college. Like you work on it all semester, yeah. except you get to do it every – you love doing senior design projects. Yes. And you do it every single year just with maybe different parts to it. Yeah, that's that's probably right? the right way to put is it. Is that the right – it's probably We're the right both way engineers, so this I, is how we look at everything. I think with any long project, 
when you look at your some people call it a punch list, to do list, or whatever, and you look up and you're like, I still have 50 players to go. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then you're just lopping them off like one at a time, and it's also it's just a little bit, little bit, little bit. And then at on Sunday, I I wrote my last one, and I had a. Uh, to-do list over on the side and I didn't do them in any order I just kind of go by position I like to watch I like to watch by position because that that kind of gives me my position rankings like Uh I can watch a guy I watch one guy then I immediately watch the next guy and when I do that you I can okay this guy's definitely better than that guy I like I like this guy a little bit more than this guy so I like watching by position I think safety safety and tight ends are my last two positions and so my last guy was Darnell Savage from a safety safety slash nickel from Maryland. And I got done with him, and I was like, yes. But then the hard part begins because now i got to go back and read every single one of them. And now and you got to put them in order. I gotta, I've got to – that was the easy part. So you put them in order by position. And I know I, we, did a, we did a deep slant on this last year. Mm-hmm. I did a podcast with you just like what goes into the Harris 100. Yeah. And I'm still very fascinated because I feel like throughout the season – you're already working on it. You're yeah, already looking absolutely. at you're, you're watching film of, of college games while yep. our games are going on. You're all watching other NFL games. Absolutely. Like, and, and this is sort of my idea for this segment because I love rapid reaction, Johnny. Yeah. Because you've watched film on pretty much everybody. And we did a cooler talk last Friday where um, <laughs> yeah. this, was, this was by far my favorite part. You were just annihilating tackles. Yeah. Like, it was great. I just said – Someone asked, are we going to sign a free agent tackle? Obviously, yeah. it's something we're going to look at in the draft, but are we going to do something in free agency? And you said, yeah, you know, of course, that if there's somebody out there. So we Googled all the available free agent tackles, and you just went through one by one. You had a yeah. quick opinion on everybody. And I thought, we need to do more of this. We need yeah. to have more rapid reaction, Johnny, because as I was telling Mark later, I said, Mark, these are, these are tackles on teams that we didn't even play. We may yeah. not have even played that guy, but Johnny just – watches tackles so <laughs> like to me that's to know you is to love you john harris and everything that you put into the harris 100 i thought oh i appreciate it that it's, it's searchable it's fantastic it's going to be up next week but there's some news about college players obviously out there and i wanted to get your rapid reaction yeah. on a couple of different topics all right so uh first of all uh kyler murray let's start okay. with him okay obviously he announced he's going to go into the nfl he could be possibly be the first player drafted in the first round of a of a baseball draft and an NFL draft. That's true, yeah. He could be the yeah. first to ever do that. Uh, there's a lot of speculation oh. on where he ends up. So, Arizona's out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Giants have said, oh, he's too small, which of sometimes course. I think, is that a smoke screen? I wouldn't discount that just right well, away. Yeah. But maybe, it, maybe, maybe one scout saying it doesn't necessarily reflect the entire organization either. Of course. According to reports. But I want to I get your thoughts on where does he end up best? Because here's the draft order. Arizona, San Francisco, Jets, Oakland, Tampa Bay, Giants, Jacksonville, Detroit. That's your top eight. Yeah. You well, think he go, I'm assuming you think he's going to go in the top eight. Here's the scenario that I, I, I think that happens. I, I, think, I think all quarterbacks nowadays end up getting over overdrafted a little bit. And I think last year's class, the 2018 class, is – Kind of an example of that because five teams took took quarterbacks in the first round. And all five got a potential starter for the next 10 to 12 years. We saw Baker. We saw Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Josh Allen. We saw Josh kind of in his infancy. We saw Sam Darnold and Baker Makefield at the end of the year when they've had some starts under their belt. And you could see where it was going for those particular guys. Then you saw Lamar Jackson, what he was doing in Baltimore. You had all five guys that went in the first round ended up being impact starters. And I think teams – 
look at that and think, the draft is where we find our impact starters. That's where we find our guys. In 16, it was Goff and it was Wentz. In 15, and I don't know that, that Jameis and Mariota have really panned out, but they went one and two. Um, you know, at 17, Mitch Trubisky goes two, and then, of course, Patrick and Deshaun end up going 10 and 12. They're going – teams are looking for their franchise quarterbacks and finding it not in free agency. They're finding it in the draft. So I do think there will be a – there definitely will be a run on quarterbacks earlier in this draft than maybe, maybe should be. That said, with Kyler, I think it's fascinating in this whole process because when, when Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it, when he was the coach at Texas Tech, he said, man, if I had the first pick, I would take him. Well, oh, lo yes. and behold, he's got the, the first, first pick, pick now. And, and they have the same agent, so this is why there's yeah, a lot of speculation. Absolutely. Cliff Kings, Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have the same agent, yeah. which people think, oh, what, what difference does that make? But I think having the same agent puts you in touch with people. Now, I don't know how much in touch they can be in with, you know, with all that, but obviously the agent knows both of them very well. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's probably an offhand conversation that's going to be had at some point. What complicates this a little bit for Arizona is the fact that Josh Rosen was drafted last year by, by Steve Kime. The current GM drafted a quarterback last year. Now, I think a lot of people, you know, my immediate thought was trade Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. get a first-rounder for him because you probably could. And the team that I had highlighted, you, you mentioned it, is the New, York Giants, the New York Giants because Dave Gettleman is kind of an old-school GM. He likes his pocket passers which is ironic because he had Cam Newton in Carolina. But he liked his pocket passes. He, he likes big, his guy. big, tall pocket passes. Right, pack. he likes the stereotypical stand in the pocket, throw guys. That's Josh Rosen. I got to thinking about it. It actually may be better for both teams. Now, what I can't speak to, and our buddy uh, Troy on, on Twitter, Texans Cap, I think can speak to this a little bit better, is I'm not totally sure what the salary cap ramifications are for all that. I, I don't know. But if you just think about where a guy fits best – Rosen might fit best in New York with the Giants. And Murray would then fit best with the Cardinals, given Cliff Kingsbury's offensive innovation. And you start thinking about both places, and you think, wow, wait a second, you put Rosen with Saquon, with OBJ, and Sterling Shepard with the Giants. Then you start talking about the Cardinals, like Kyler Murray, your receivers are Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, at least for one more year, and David Johnson in the backfield. Now you just get offensive line to protect, and you think, they're going to be pretty salty. So, And then, on top of that, New York is probably going to feel the pressure to draft a quarterback this year. Well, is Josh Rosen a better quarterback at this point? Because he's got NFL experience, and he's the type type of quarterback you're looking for. Give up your first-round pick this year, maybe some other shrapnel as well, to get Josh Rosen. Now, there'll be some salary cap ramifications, all that, but... You can work out the finances, but that way, trade, I think the Giants have six, I believe, because Jacksonville's seven. I think the Giants are Giants six. Giants are six, Jacksonville's seventh. That's give, right. up your, give up your six, give up a third rounder this year, and give up a, a fourth rounder next year. I don't know. I don't know what it'll take. But throw that package at Arizona and say, we'll take Rosen, we'll figure out the finances, we'll give you a first, a fourth, and a, or a first, a third, and a fourth next year. You get your quarterback of the future. We then could take Kyler Murray at one, and then we end up getting the pick at six. I think it works on both sides. That's just me, though. That's just me. But I I really – Because it does make sense. Kyler Murray may fit better into Cliff Kingsbury's offense yes, than Josh Rosen. Absolutely. Now, that's not to say that Rosen can't do what Cliff Kingsbury wants him to do. 
I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes. Now, Rosen doesn't move like Patrick Mahomes, but there were some things that Cliff Kingsbury dialed up for Patrick Mahomes because he had that big arm, and Rosen's got a big arm. We definitely know that. I just think with Kyler Murray, there's some more innovative things that you can do. So if he doesn't go to Arizona, though, Oakland's a possibility at four. Our buddy Lance Erlana had mentioned that earlier. Do you really think so? Draft. Because you don't think David Carr is going to get another shot with it. Last year was to if, me a rebuild. Total if I'm John, year. if I'm John Gruden, is, if I'm John Gruden, is Carr out the door? If I'm John Gruden, I'm looking at it, and I, I like Derek Carr. I always have, right? But I want my guy. I want my guy. And if I look at Kyler Murray and go, we're moving to Las Vegas. I got this guy. He's electric. I mean, there's just a lot that kind of goes that could go uh, with that. I mean. You got the feeling in Oakland, even though I like Derek Carr and there's some others that like Derek Carr, Oakland looks at it and says, eh, okay. He's a good quarterback. Well, that would make, that'd make for interesting free agency or, or trade. trade. Uh, I guess he's still under contract, right? So. Right. So I And I don't know what the contract situation is for Derek. I know he signed an extension was, a few years ago. It was so a big one. It was, a, it was definitely a big one. I don't think Oakland ultimately will do that. I think Oakland's got three picks in the first round. When people asked me originally where I thought Kyler Murray would go, Oakland was the first one that came to mind because I was like, well, heck, he signed with, or, you know, you got drafted by the Oakland A's, Oakland Raiders. Hey, you know, maybe, but obviously they're not going to be the Oakland Raiders for a long time. But that was kind of my first thought. Then I saw Lance put that out with his mock draft with, with, uh, with Kyler Murray at number four, and he caught all kinds of you-know-what about it. And lo and behold, that's probably, I think, four might be the lowest of where he goes. I think what's going to end up happening. Wait, before DB, you before you go on, what about Jacksonville? This well, is a scenario that none of us want to see happen. No, it, it, but it could is. Jacksonville move up to that spot? I, I don't think so. I do think Jacksonville will draft a quarterback. I don't think it'll be Kyler Murray. Again, you got to, you mentioned it. The word that's very important here is fit. I don't think Kyler Murray is going to fit with Tom Coughlin and with Doug Marone and what they want to do. I don't think that's a fit at all. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think what we need to keep our eyes on are teams trading up. Because if you think about the last – think about the, the quarterbacks that have been drafted. Now, obviously, Baker was at number one because Cleveland stunk, and the Jets took Donald at number three. The Bills traded up to go get Josh Allen. The Baltimore Ravens traded up to go get Lamar Jackson. Um, I know there's one I'm missing in there. Now, the, the Cardinals stood pat. No, no, the Cardinals traded up, too. The Cardinals traded up to go get Josh Rosen because the year before, they didn't trade up to go get Deshaun or Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. So they traded up. In 2017, the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Texans all traded up to get quarterbacks. In 2016, the Rams and the Eagles both traded up to go get quarterbacks. In 2015, tennis, uh, let's see, 2015 was uh, Jameis and Marcus. I think one of those traded up. I can't remember for sure. Didn't Tennessee... I think Tennessee traded. Was that the draft that Tennessee traded? To, I can't. No, I, oh, I think Tennessee remember. traded with to get to, to give uh, L.A. golf. Yeah, yeah, the that's golf. what happened. That but the crazy. last three years, nearly every quarterback draft in the first round has been the result of a trade up, and I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be surprised. So that means keeping our eyes on more than because you mentioned the team starting off. You got Arizona. Now Arizona's got a quarterback. Uh, also in there, I heard you say the San Jets. Francisco. San Francisco I'm already has Jimmy. Out, right. Jets. They've got, They've got Donald. One. Who's at four? Oakland. Oakland? Question mark. Now, Oakland, ta- might, Oakland might also be in the market to shop. Shop that pick, too, to get more picks. Because they've already sure. got three first-rounders. So they might be shop. They could shop that pick, too. 
I wouldn't be surprised by that. Tampa Bay's at number five. Now, Tampa Bay's a pretty interesting spot. Because, right, because I was like, is Jameis going to be the guy? Right. That's a great I don't know question. If, I don't know with with the drama that went last year with back and forth with him and Fitzy, what's going to happen there. The question you have to ask yourself is, if it's not Jameis, then who? Now, I could see Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians making a play for a veteran quarterback that he can then put in the system, like he did when they got Carson Palmer mm-hmm. out in Arizona. I could see them making more of a veteran play than going back in the draft because – I just something with Bruce Arians in Tampa just doesn't strike me as take a young quarterback, go through all the hills and valleys. I don't really see that with with Bruce Arians. I could see them making a play if they were going to kick James Winston to the curb. Then I could see them, you know, in the flo- in the Foles mix, in the Flacco mix, right. something like there, that. There, there's some veteran guys that that are right. going to be out on the streets. But I think ultimately they're going to stick with James. I think they're going to stick with James. Then the Giants are at six. They need a quarterback. I they'll, they'll not look at Kyler Murray, but I think they might look at Dwayne Haskins. They could look at Daniel Jones from Duke. There's a David Cutcliffe connection there. And then there's Jacksonville sitting at seven. I think the teams that we got to keep an eye on are the ones kind of in those middle rounds, Miami being one of them. Mm-hmm. you got a new you got a new coach down there, Brian Flores. Uh, you've got Chris Greer, who just took over as the full-time GM. And Tannehill's pretty much on his and way. Tannehill's now, done. Tannehill, Tannehill's also. Done. What, where do you? Th- I was thinking Tannehill as a backup somewhere. Yeah, he's a backup somewhere. So what about he's, he's what about backup. what about back to Texas? Well, what about what about here? I think it might be him? too expensive here. I think I think in his mind he still thinks he can play. I think he wants to be in a backup situation where he could potentially get on the field. Okay, well then then maybe not here. Yeah, I don't think here's going to be that opportunity. I mean, I, I, I think, I think if it continues to be Brandon Whedon, I could definitely see that. Any of the guys, you know, the Foles, Flacco, Bridgewater, you know, those kind of players that that feel like starters still. Tannehill doesn't feel like a starter, but he feels like a guy that would believe that he can still play and want to be a starter. Whereas you have a guy like Matt Schaub, he's backing up Matt Ryan. He's happy to be backing up Matt Ryan. He can go in there for a game or two and give you what you want. But I don't, I don't see Tannehill. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't see the fit here. But I do think he's going to end up or trying it up in a place maybe where there's a rookie, maybe there's a rookie where he can back up the rookie and just be a guy. Hey, rookie struggling, he could step in. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Tannehill get a shot in in, uh, in uh, uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Better than Bortles, he's better than Bortles. I don't think he's going to be the starter, but I could see Ryan Tannehill potentially going to Jacksonville. Learning from John D. Filippo, the new offensive coordinator, right. and then Jacksonville drafts a quarterback, and then in due time that guy takes over. We don't have a we don't have a sit all year, play the second year plan. I mean, Kansas City was afforded that with with Alex Smith. Teams aren't doing that anymore. These guys that are drafted are starting. If you're if you're jumping you're up drafted, that high, you're then, going. Then, then you're, you're going to play. Yeah. All right. So. Thank goodness the Texans, this is not an issue they have to worry about their thank quarterback God. situation. Instead, I feel like every year we'd go to the oh, combine, we'd look at all the quarterbacks. Every draft, we'd watch all the quarterbacks being taken. Uh, what about tackles? Obviously, that's a big conversation topic. And people are very excited about offensive tackles, which I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, what, in your Harris 100, how many tackles do you estimate going in the first round? Uh, that's, that's a great question. I think if... Like a, give me a ballpark. I probably... Probably four or five. The the tackle class. I'll, I'll give you that number in a second. But I, I feel like the tackle class is better than it's been in a while. Um, just right off the bat, I've got one, two, three, four, five, 
I got five in the top 27. Mm. I think I screwed up on a, on one, but uh, now that I look at it. But either way, I've got five in the top 27. Okay. And I think that's going to uh, – yeah, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I need to I need to change. I've got four like, in the like, top 25. I, okay. I got four in the top 25. Okay, my question to you now is Drew puts out this mock draft every mm-hmm. week and I don't think I don't know if he's put up this week's, but the the last one I saw, 17 of 22 mock drafts had us taking a uh, Florida tackle, Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. Yeah. Okay. So, your thoughts on him, the Ole Miss tackle, Greg Little was, has been in the mix mm-hmm. as well. He was still in the mix this last time. Where where would you where would you put the Texans? Well, here's here's where it is kind of on all the tackles. Jonah Williams is the top one for me. He's he's in the top ten. I think he is he's everything the Texans would want to tackle. I just think he's going to be gone. Uh, Andre Dillard from Washington State is a guy that could potentially be at twenty three. Depends on how team. Oh, he look was at. also in the mix, right? Yeah, he's he's played for Leach of Washington State. He was you know under three hundred pounds for most of his career. Then finally, as a senior, he started kind of getting on some weight. And at the senior role, he's 310 pounds. I was like, yeah. I cheered in the back because I was like, yes. That's the kind of guy I could absolutely see. And, again, we're talking about not just a player. We're talking about the guy in the locker room, too. And I think Andre Diller could be that kind of guy. Juwan Taylor, uh, a good buddy of mine, coached him in high school for a year. He moved down to Cocoa High School and coached Juwan uh, for a year, was part of that coaching staff. He and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson were both there at the same time. Uh, really likes him. I, I, I like Taylor. I like Taylor a lot. Now, he's played right tackle. He has played left tackle. He's played right tackle. Cody Ford, same thing. He was a guard, then he bumped out the right tackle. I've got Cody at 24. Uh, Greg Little is very intriguing to me because I I stood next to him when Ole Miss played Texas Tech here, and I'm like, this dude's massive. Massive. But he's still pretty raw. But going back to Kyler Murray, it all kind of comes back full circle. He protected Kyler Murray for three years at Allen High School. So this guy is very, very talented, but still pretty raw. All right, we can't wait to see it. The Harris 100, it drops next week. It's like an album. The Harris 100 dropping <laughs> next week, February 22nd. Am I allowed to say the date? Yeah, that's fine. I think I just did. Yeah, I think that's fine. Check back on HoustonTexans.com. Of course, we're going to be at the Combine. We'll get to see all these, lay our eyes on these guys. Uh, Johnny and I, we sometimes watch bench press. and That's fun. That is a lot of fun. So it'll be fun to watch tackles doing bench press. That's that's really. I'm looking the, forward to that. that I am. It's every now and then, you get a surprise like uh, running back or somebody else in in the mix doing some nice things. But uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks as well. Johnny, as always, thanks so much. Thank you very much, DB. All right, that's going to do it for Texans All Access. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Texans.